Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Every so often, I like to post over on my Facebook page or my Instagram stories and ask everybody over there what they would like to see from me next. You know, what they'd like to see in a YouTube video or a blog post or a podcast episode. And I love, love, love reading through all the responses because honestly, that's where I get a lot of my ideas. And um, one of the topics that comes up every single time I ask that question is, you guys want meal inspiration, supper ideas, menu ideas, especially for summertime. And whenever I see those requests come through, I always want to say, I have no earthly idea what to eat in the summer because honestly, I really struggle with it. Like I'm hoping, I know actually, a lot of you can relate right now because I don't know what it is. I feel like inspiration for meals in the summer should flow so easily. And at least for me, it just doesn't. Um, I'm usually distracted. I'm hot. I want to be outside. I'm just not thinking about the kitchen. And so sometimes I really struggle with feeding my people in the summertime. So this year I'm wanting to create more of a system, more of a plan, because I just have found time and time again, whether it's in my garden or with my cows or with my business, having a plan, having a system just makes life flow. It makes me feel less stressed and everything feels better. So I'm applying that philosophy into my summer supper plans. And I thought I would bring you along for the ride and let you know what I'm thinking. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. This episode is brought to you by Redmond's Real Salt, which is the number one salt I use in all of my homestead cooking. I've learned over the years that not all salt is created equal and having the good stuff really does make a difference in your culinary adventures. Redmond's is mined in the good old US of A and I love that they use sustainable practices and that it contains 60 plus trace minerals that not only make it incredibly good for you, but it tastes better too. Since I can't grow salt myself, obviously, I like to buy it in bulk since it saves me some cash and it doesn't go bad, so it's an easy thing to stock up on. Right now for the month of June, Redmond's is offering 15% off your purchase just for my podcast listeners. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash salt and use the code homestead to snag your discount. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, the shipping is free. So you have heard me say before, I am not a meal planner, and I think I actually have a whole podcast episode. I don't remember the number. I'm so sorry. Uh, It's like called something along the lines of meal planning tips from a non-meal planner. I want to be a meal planner when I grow up someday. Like, I would really like to be, and I just can't do it. Um, Rarely will you hear me say I can't do it, but it's the honest truth in this realm. Um, I even downloaded again I've done it in the past there's a meal planning site called real plans I think they're fantastic they have an app Um, they have lots of whole food recipes that are my style 
and I bought a month subscription. They're really affordable. And I went to play around with it. And I'm like, this is my time. I am going to be a meal planner now. I have decided that this is what I am going to do moving forward. And I'm going to own this meal planning space. And you guys, I got in there and it's no fault of the subscription service whatsoever. I just was like, drawn a blank. And I don't draw a blank with that sort of thing very often, but it's just like not happening for Jill. So I'm going to continue on with my meal planning, lack of planning, but it somehow still most of the time works for us. The only time where I really, really get stuck is summer. And like I mentioned in the intro, I just am really distracted in the summer. I am so excited to be outside in the garden, finally not having to wear 15 layers of clothes and gloves and snow suits. And it's just hard for me to want to devote a lot of energy to the kitchen. Unfortunately, people still want to eat in the summer. And I just wish we could solve this problem. So this would no longer be an issue. If people could, we could just all go on a three month long fast. My house would be much easier to handle. But anyway, that's not going to happen. So I'm wanting to create categories or systems this summer that just make it a little more intuitive for me to cook and feed my family. Um, so I wanted to start off with a few of the kind of overarching principles. I use that term loosely. It sounds fancier than it is that I am kind of following or keeping in mind this summer. And then I'll give you some actual meal, practical, real deal ideas. And some of them are not novel. Some of them might be inspiration to you. I don't know. Let me just say I'm open to ideas. So if you guys have a tried and true summer supper plan or system or even just a recipe that you love, please, please email it to me or uh, Instagram message or Facebook message me because I am all ears. Okay, first things first, like I mentioned in my other episode, I don't plan weeks ahead of time, but I do plan 24 hours ahead. If I do not have a plan the night before we want to eat food the following day um, for supper, I it just is stressful to me. It does not feel good. So I like to know what we're going to have for supper. Um, let's, let's say if it's today's Tuesday. So I want to know what I'm having for supper Tuesday night. I want to have that in the back of my mind by Wednesday evening at bedtime. That gives me enough time to get the meat out of the freezer set anything out that needs to be thawed. Uh, and it just helps me feel more organized when I wake up the next morning and I just know what I need to do to prep for supper. So that's the extent of my planning. I'm a one day at a time, 24 hour sort of person. Every once in a while, I will be extra inspired and I might have a couple ideas at once. So I'll have two to three days worth of supper planned out, but that doesn't happen all the time. And usually just 24 hours is sufficient. So definitely in the summer, I depend heavily on the crock pot. It's not exactly a novel concept, but it is something I do indeed use a ton. The funny thing about crock pots is, you know, you get it in the, in the pot in the morning and you do the prep work. And then you feels like every single time I do that, it feels like somebody surprised me with supper in the evening. And it's just the, really the best feeling ever. And I found that Usually in the morning, I'm a little more energetic. I'm feeling a little more inspired. And so I like to prep my crock pot meals when the kitchen is still in disarray from breakfast. So I don't end up cleaning the kitchen twice. So I feed the children. Um, I will prep the crock pot food, whether it's browning the onions, chopping the potatoes, searing the meat, whatever it is. I'll stick it in the pot. 
And then I clean the kitchen all in one fell swoop. So that's my little trick that just helps me. Uh, and then, you know, obviously you don't have to worry about it usually for the rest of the day. You may need a vegetable in the evening. You may not. It might be a one pot deal. But I do lean on those heavily, heavily, heavily. The other thing that I really try to do in the summer, maybe not so much early summer, but mid to late summer, is cook with the garden. Um, and this sounds really obvious, but I've actually noticed that sometimes I forget I have stuff growing out in the garden. So I'll be like, oh, I'm going to use this frozen vegetable or frozen something. And then I'm like, stop, there's fresh stuff right out the door. So I have to really remind myself that um, whatever is bountiful in the garden, whether it's right now it's spinach for us or lettuce or greens or green beans or tomatoes, try to craft your meals around what you have a lot of around your homestead. Um, and I, this actually has led me down the path of learning a lot of new recipes and techniques because, you know, you find yourself Googling things like what main dishes can I make with 15 pounds of kale or how can I use tomatoes to make a simple summer main dish? You know, you get, you just get creative and it will help bring you outside of your comfort zone. Um, so don't forget to keep the garden or even just if you have a lot of eggs or you have a lot of milk or you have a lot of a certain type of meat, weave that into your summer eating. And that brings me to my next point. Don't get hung up too much on full meal spreads. So in the fall and winter, I like to do the typical like protein, uh, carbohydrate type of side and a vegetable. And that's kind of our standard pattern. And in the summer, sometimes I do that. Sometimes it's a little more random, shall we say. So it might be, uh, that, well, it's definitely going to be lighter because a lot of times we just don't like to eat heavy or some people don't want to eat at all after you've been outside sweating all day. It's more of like, just give me a smoothie or give me a piece of watermelon and I'm, you know, you're satisfied. Um, but I don't worry as much about having like a full spread in the summer and I do more of the just components of a meal. And I just let it flow because it's summer and um, I'm not going to overthink it. I don't know if you can hear right now. I'm in the shop recording this and there's a lawnmower running right outside the door. And hopefully the lawnmower will leave soon. But if you hear some strange background noise for just a second, that is what it is. Anyway, moving on. Um, definitely, definitely, when you do get in the kitchen and you do have an idea of what to make, make extra like a lot of extra, a whole bunch of it. Um, I like to make giant salads that we just graze on. If I'm doing a crock pot dish, sometimes I'll double it. So we have leftovers, um, extra hot dogs, extra hamburgers. Sometimes we just grill them up all at the same time and then reheat them. Or you can leave hamburger patties in the refrigerator. I did this for Christian last year. He was on a super strict uh, cleanse. And one of the only things he could eat was like lean ground beef for a while. And so I would make up a bunch of hamburger patties, put them in a Tupperware container, and then he would just fry them up when he needed one. So that's an option too. Hamburgers are never turned down at my house. Um, but just make a lot. Now the tricky thing, I know some of you can relate to this. Um, I used to know exactly how much food to make to feed my family, plus have leftovers. And the strangest thing has happened. All of a sudden, my kids are eating like twice as much as they used to. So all of my meals that would give us a bounty of leftovers no longer do so. So I'm having to readjust 
my whole strategy in the kitchen and figure out like how to make extra extra because I mean I only have a 10 year old a seven year old and a four year old so I get that I am at the barely beginning of this children eating everything in sight phenomenon but it's slightly disorienting at this moment so I'm still figuring out how to continue to expand my uh quantities uh, but regardless leftovers are your friend in the summer Okay, my last little tip slash strategy is to make a master list of, I don't know, 10 to 14 meals that are just kind of like your summer standbys that, you know, for me, sometimes I just, I'm like, I don't have any ideas. I've, we just ate everything that we ever like to eat. So just having a list, just like generally drop jogs by memory just a little bit and gets my creative juices flowing. So sit down, take five or 10 minutes, make your list. I think it'll help. Okay. Those are some of my principles. And now let's dive in a little bit more to the specifics, like what we're actually eating and um, how I make that happen. So here we go. First things first. My family will never complain about tacos. So we eat a lot of tacos. Sometimes they have homemade tortillas. Sometimes they do not. Um, we always have a lot of ground beef because we raise our own. So I grab the hamburger. I can defrost it in the sink in a bowl of hot water if I'm in a hurry. Taco seasoning, which I just mix myself with cumin and chili powder and garlic and um, a little bit of oregano. And brown the, the burger. It's super easy. Sometimes we have a lot of fixings for the tacos. There'll be lettuce from the garden and tomatoes from the garden and salsa that I made myself and sour cream. And I might be lucky enough to have avocados from the store because I definitely don't grow those myself. Uh, and other times it's a little more of a uh, sparse taco, but no one complains. You can also put beans on them for extra protein, or if you're trying to stretch your ground beef or your ground turkey, you can mix some beans in there. They're just crowd pleasers. They're good for company. They're good for crowds. Do a taco bar if you have like a bunch of people coming over. Um, they're affordable. So tacos are great. Nachos are kind of along that same line. Uh, if you want to buy some tortilla chips from Costco, I will not judge you because I do the same thing. And we just do that as a quick summer supper. It's not too heavy and it's super fast. Okay, the next one on the list, grilling. I feel like that's kind of like obvious, duh, right? Use your grill if you have one. Um, I find myself stretching outside of my grill comfort zone every single summer just because I don't want to heat up the kitchen. So definitely burgers, brats are things we do a lot. Steaks, pork chops, um, and you can also do some vegetables out there on the grill. Grilled asparagus, grilled corn. I've tried the whole grilled lettuce thing. Wasn't super impressed, but you know, do your thing. Um, one thing we'll do... On occasion, I call them foil packets. If I have a bunch of vegetables in the garden or the refrigerator, I will chop them all up. Mushrooms, potatoes, carrots, celery, squash, any vegetable you can think of, basically. Um, make little hamburger patties. Put them all in a envelope of foil. And I know, I know, don't send me emails. Foil is not my favorite thing to use. Um, I use it pretty much just for this little recipe. So... I don't, I don't use it all the time. I understand the concerns with foil. It's not enough of a concern to stop me from making foil packs a couple times a summer though. So I put everything inside this foil pack. I put a few little dabs of butter, some salt, pepper, some herbs, and then you just grill it 
I think for 20 or 30 minutes, kind of depends on what you have inside. Flip it one time. Um, it's just fun and it's good and the kids love it and you can really tailor them based on what you have around. So foil packs are an awesome way to use your grill and the vegetables that are lingering in your refrigerator. Along with the grill, um, salads, of course, are a big one. And sometimes my family will just do your typical lettuce or spinach salads, or sometimes they don't have a choice because that's within the garden. And I'm like, y'all are eating a salad tonight, whether you like it or not. Um, but sometimes we'll mix it up with a more hearty salad. So taco salad kind of goes in line with the taco idea. Um, I made a cheeseburger salad last summer, which was lettuce, ground beef. You made like this cheeseburger sauce, some pickles. I know there's a ton of recipes for it online if you want to Google it, but that was really a big hit. You can do pasta salad. One of my favorite things to do is if I cook a ham, like some of our homegrown ham, they're usually ginormous. So I will pull the meat off the bone, chop it into little cubes and freeze it. And then I will use that ham throughout the summers to make a pasta salad. And that's really as easy as I use store-bought pasta. Um, mayonnaise, mustard, pickles, olives, ham, whatever seasonings you want. Pasta salads, like there's a million different variations. It just depends on your preference. And then it's so good cold. So I make a giant vat of pasta salad. I will stick it in the refrigerator and we will eat on that bowl for many, many days. And that's always a hit. Um, and then by the summer, we're kind of over the whole pasta salad thing, but it's just a nice change. And it's easy. The kids can dish, dish it up themselves. And I look forward to making that every year. So we have the tacos, the grill, salads. What about just like kind of individual components? I think we don't give those enough uh, attention. So two individual ingredients that I lean on heavily would be beans and eggs. So when I'm saying beans, I'm talking like dry beans. Green beans are obviously in bounty too. But um, like it's hard to make an entire meal out of just green beans. I know it can be done, but you know. So dry beans, like black beans, pinto beans, uh, navy beans, kidney beans are high in protein. And they can be just a wonderful, uh, quick, filling meal. So like the other night I made a bean dip, which was literally um, a layer of sour cream and cream cheese on the bottom layer of refried beans from my cookbook on top of that and some ground beef and then lettuce and tomato and salsa and you could put guacamole on there if you have it and we just ate that with chips and I, I made a big 9 by 13 and that lasted us a couple of days and it was cool and it was easy and the kids really liked it so we'll do things like bean dip um, sometimes I'll make refried bean quesadillas so it's the refried beans from my cookbook it's that recipe is also on the blog make that up Smear it on some tortillas, add some cheese, fry them real quick in a little bit of oil, coconut oil, bacon grease, whatever, and dip it in sour cream. Super easy. It's meat-free if you're on a budget, and it will be pretty darn filling. Um, and another one along the bean train of thought would be hummus. We love hummus in the summer. Again, filling, economical. I have an amazing hummus recipe in my cookbook, the roasted garlic hummus. Love it. Um, it's so easy. I don't ever get tahini, which has always kind of been my barrier into the world of homemade hummus. So I just don't add tahini. It's like a, a sesame seed paste, um, cause it's hard to find where I live. So 
It's garbanzo beans, lemon juice, salt, garlic, olive oil. So easy. You can serve it with crackers, either homemade or store-bought. You can serve it with tortillas or vegetables. One of our favorite light summer meals would be a big bowl of hummus, some crackers, maybe some olives or some summer sausage and some watermelon and just let people graze. The kids think it's like the coolest thing ever and it's so darn easy. Okay, so we have beans. What about eggs? Right now, we are drowning in eggs. Raise your hand if you can identify with this feeling. I am not complaining, but every time I look at the bowls of eggs, and I said bowls, plural, there are three large ones on my counter, I feel maybe a wee bit of stress because I'm like, I got to figure out what to do with these. So we do scrambled eggs, obviously, for breakfast. Sometimes we do scrambled eggs for supper. Um, you can bake the eggs. You can poach the eggs. Hard boil those babies up in your Instant Pot. Or actually, it's steaming, but the result is the same. Feed them to your hungry hordes of children for snacks or make deviled eggs. Um, filling and easy. You can do puffy pancakes. Last night, we did a souffle with cheese and a spinach salad on the side. So I really think when it comes to this homesteading mindset, it's really just about using what you have in, in quantity right now. So for us, that's eggs and milk. Um, other times it's green beans and tomatoes. Sometimes it's beef and pork. So it's just getting creative with what you have. Another idea that I really started implementing a lot last year it would be sheet pan dinners. So if you've never heard of a sheet pan dinner, you can Google it. There are a million and one variations and recipes, but in essence, it's basically dinner baked on a cookie sheet, all in, all in one cookie sheet, or maybe you have two cookie sheets and it's kind of like the one pot meal idea, but just on a pan. Um, so all you need for it is a cookie sheet. And for, forever when I heard people talk about sheet pan dinners, I'm like, is that a special pan? And I'm like, nope, it's just a cookie sheet. So you could also call it cookie sheet dinners if you're uncultured like I am. But um, I just use my regular old cookie sheets with a rim. They need to have a rim, which most cookie sheets do. I was looking at some official sheet pan dinner tutorials, and they said that the standard size for a half sheet pan or rimmed baking sheet is 13 inches by 18 inches. So if you really want to be official, which I'm sure you do, or maybe you don't, uh, that would be the size. Otherwise, use what you got. And we have done sheet pan dinners with steaks and chicken pieces and pork chops. And you basically just pick a meat, pick some vegetables, oil them up, throw on some salt, pepper, and herbs or whatever you feel like, and then you just roast it in the oven until it's done. That is sheet pan in a nutshell. Obviously, it can get as complicated as you would like it to be, I am not a fan of complicated, so I will use olive oil, rub that on the meat, especially like maybe not the steaks as much, but definitely the chicken because that can stick sometimes. Add garlic, onion, salt, pepper, pick some vegetables, which can just be whatever you have to use up. It could be potatoes. It could be onion chunks. It could be squash, um, carrots, asparagus, mushrooms. I'm trying to think what else would be out in the garden. I think you could probably roast some corn in there. You could do leafy greens like kale, chard, and roast it, I don't know, 375, 400 until everything's done. 
when you're adding some of the lighter vegetables, like the, like the greens or some of the thinner vegetables, you may need to add them at different times. Because obviously, if you have a big old chicken breast and a big chunk of potato, and then you add kale all in the same pan, those are going to cook differently. And your potatoes will be done, but your kale will be black. So pay attention to that. But if you just need ideas, or just Google it. Sheet pan dinners. Um, it's easy cleanup. And it just is really good. It's fun. It's different. The kids love it. Okay, a few more ideas, and then we will wrap it up. Uh, the next one that I love, and I've done this forever, baked potatoes. Big old baked potatoes. Um, bake them in your oven. I know it's tempting to do them in the microwave, but it's just not the same. So super easy. 350 to 400 degrees, whatever you feel like in your oven. Take your big old bakers, poke them with a knife so they don't explode because that would be a problem. Wash them. Put a thin layer of olive oil and salt and pepper on them. And I just put them right on my oven rack. And I bake them for about an hour until I can poke a fork in and they're nice and soft. And they have the best, crispiest, steakhouse-style skin when you do that. And then the sky is the limit with the toppings. You can go chili, which isn't a great summer meal, but it just came to mind. So it came out of my mouth. Um, what else? You can do ground beef or shredded chicken or sausage with butter and sour cream and cheese. You can go shredded cheese. You can go cheese sauce. You can do broccoli and bacon bits, um, all sorts of vegetables, sauteed mushrooms, guacamole if you want to go Mexican style potatoes. But that's something that is really a crowd pleaser for like a barbecue, if you, it's not really a barbecue, but you know what I mean? Like a get together at your house and everyone's kind of over burgers by the end of summer, do a baked potato bar because you can put them in your oven. They don't take that long and you can just make a fun little um, buffet style bar of all the different toppings. So we do that a lot in the summer just for us too. And the kids like it, you get to customize it and it's easy. And then my last little idea, and this is my idea kind of year round, not my idea, but it's something I do. You know what I mean? Uh, roast beef and chicken. Again, those are things that feel complicated. And a lot of folks think, oh, that's like a specialty meal, but they're really not. Roast beef can be thrown in your oven or your crock pot in the morning and you basically ignore it for the day and you can eat it in the evening. Roast chicken is the same. Put some salt and pepper on that baby, stick some thyme on it, put it in your roasting pan um, in the afternoon and you have a really hearty supper that you can have leftovers with. You can use the pieces, parts for other meals later in the week. Uh, it's not near as complicated as you've been led to believe. So I still roast the beef and roast the chicken and the pork roast all summer long. And we just have different salads and sides with it uh, just because it's so darn easy. So that is my rambly summer supper strategy. Um, that I just wanted to kind of talk through and share with you. Hopefully that gave you some inspiration. I am definitely open for more inspiration myself. So if you have ideas, shoot them my way. Uh, we will get through this summer meal funk, I promise. And then we will be all ready for soup season and baking and pumpkin bread and all that stuff when fall rolls around. But we'll get through it. Our people will be fed and it doesn't have to be hard. And that is all I have for you today, my friend. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so all the episodes pop into your podcast player automatically. And thank you so much to everyone who has been leaving ratings and reviews. I read every single one and I greatly appreciate it. 
We will catch up again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.